Okay, I think we are all right. Uh, let me pull it up. I think I started last... Uh, well, let's see. Nope, I guess you started last week. I'm the dude. You're the dude. All right. All right. <clears throat> let's do this. You ready? Cool. Oh, it's more so you'll appreciate if I do that, or if you do that. That gives you the best sound quality. All right. Hey, everybody. It is Mr. England, one of four music teachers at Ohio Virtual Academy, and we are here for another episode of the Music Appreciation Podcast, and I am joined, uh, as always, across the internet with my co-host and another music teacher at OHVA, Miss Daphne Check. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? I am well, thank you. I am Good. doing okay. It's the end of the school year, getting very close to it, right? I can't believe it. I cannot believe we're almost there. Like, I'm just waiting on work to get turned in. It's crazy. I know. So if you are a student of ours, get the work turned in. If you are not a student of ours, uh, you know, stay safe and uh, appreciate, you know, the time you get to be around just your family <laughs> whether that's good or bad I guess you know I don't yeah. know yeah I was I was you know thinking about that this weekend I've officially been quarantined myself for two months oh my gosh and it's a kind of insane to me to think that and right now there's not an end in sight so here's to you know learning more things online and <laughs> watching more Netflix reading yeah. some books so oh that's gosh. what you do you know that's what you do yeah, just a, a quick plug, you know, like there's a lot of free music software out there that you could be making music. I know if you have an Apple device, they're offering Logic Pro uh, for like a 90-day trial. If you're a student, you get an insanely good deal for Apple stuff. Uh, you get like a bundle for 200 bucks, which is Logic Pro, Final Cut Pro, Compressor, Mainstage, just amazing professional software. You can download other free stuff you, there's stuff you can collaborate with music online that you can like record music onto a browser and it will share files back and forth so don't let yourself be complacent during this time we have a lot of choices we can sit here and wallow in what we're doing or we can continue to better ourselves some people call that learning and education other people call it bettering yourself whatever word makes it not feel nasty to you to be a better person tomorrow than you were yesterday you know do that during this time look at you like starting us off with the philosophical be better be better kind of well listen, you haven't listened to a, like a, getting into the hip-hop and just feeling like a movement you know what i'm saying like i just feel i feel like i gotta do something <laughs> I, I honestly honest to goodness i am totally with you on that i'm already like well well school's gonna end pretty soon you know i should take some classes this summer online just to do something there's lots of free stuff out there that you can use and study and learn more about so i'm definitely on that train with you i'm looking for stuff to do <laughs> might as well be productive right that's right yeah i mean Enjoy yourself for a little bit, but don't be lazy. I guess that's what we're, we're saying. So we're continuing on this two-part episode of hip-hop. Uh, so the last episode, we talked about hip-hop in general as a genre. Uh, of course, very broad, 
brush strokes. It's not going to cover everything. And then today we're going to talk about hip-hop uh, artists and famous people inside different genres and stuff inside hip-hop. And just to reiterate, kind of hip-hop... Where like rock music has different subgenres inside of it, right? Hip hop or rock has like alternative and grunge and metal and uh, glam or whatever. Hip hop kind of grows up with itself. It doesn't branch off too much. I mean, there are some smaller subgenres, but not nearly to the same effect as rock music is. Um, it's kind of in the same way country is. Country has grown up together. There's like feuds inside country of new and old and all that, but. Pretty much country is where country is at. You know, you can't, like, find a huge following in another subgenre like rock. So hip-hop is cool like that. So we're going to go through some of these old artists. And I do want to say, if you watch the show uh, Mixed-ish, have you ever heard of the show, Daphne? I don't think so. It doesn't sound heard, familiar. You ever heard of the show Blackish? I have heard of the show Blackish. Okay. So Blackish is uh, a show about black pop culture, right, and history and in like a modern context. Very good. There's a spin-off show called Mixedish, which follows uh, the the mom from Blackish. It follows her early childhood. And I bring it up because there's an episode we just watched recently, which is really fitting. It was about hip-hop. She's just uh, this young lady. She's trying to figure out her musical taste, and her parents are trying to get her to listen to, like, this folk music because they're, like, these activists from the civil rights era and all this stuff and she's trying to figure out uh, what to listen to and she discovers this rap group and she like falls in love with this group I can't remember who it was but she falls in love with this hip-hop group and uh, her parents immediately like clamp down on it you know like they say that's not real music or blah 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 they're like supposed to be these open-minded people and it resolves in the end where they actually listen to the lyrics of what the hip-hop artists are saying and it all turns out you know they're fighting for the same things that her parents were fighting for in the end uh just with their own style of hip-hop music and i say all that to say that this is a a trope or a story or an experience that happens over and over and over again in this genre, unlike many of the other genres that we've talked about. It's funny. I feel like that happens, you know, yeah. the parents just got to listen to it, you know, the parents just, the parents just, parents just don't understand. In case you didn't get it, it's a, an amazing hip hop song by Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Right. Oh man. Yeah. And very early fresh Prince. Like, yeah, he was maybe. I mean, was he even eighteen? He might have just been eighteen at that time. Yeah, he was very young. And uh, Will Smith is cool. Uh, if you're like just kind of getting into this hip hop thing, and you're not much of a, um, you want some safe hip hop, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Will Smith some is sort of family friendly hip hop. Yeah, Will Smith is kind of the the go to. Good music uh, and just a little bit more friendly to listen to than some of the more aggressive, uh, at least in tone, stuff. But again, listen. you got to listen. Sometimes it helps just to read lyrics, you know, before you have the prejudice of listening to uh, the style of music. <laughs> yes, you're completely right on that. <laughs> okay, so you want to uh, hit us up with some of these uh, early important artists? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I should start out by saying that some of the people that we're going to mention here, especially at the beginning, these are people that we kind of talked about last week. Um, we we kind of 
talked about their influence and what they added to it. But again, the, just recognizing the fact that they are important artists, particularly in early hip hop. So some of these names are going to sound familiar. So of course we have to mention DJ Cool Herc, which I kind of feel like a lot of people don't remember him in a way. Like he's not, he's not a common name. I don't think a lot of people, like when I watch hip hop documentaries or anything, his name is actually not brought up a ton. Maybe I'm just not watching the, the normal stuff, but, right. um, but he's, he's the person who extends the breaks in the song or created that idea of extending the break in the songs. And then of course you have Grandmaster Flash, which I think we talked about him pretty in depth last week, didn't we? Um, He's he's kind of the turntable guy. He's the guy who knows how to work the turntables, which, again, if you don't remember what those are, that's when you've got pictured the two records, you know, sitting on a table and they're getting kind of scratched, that kind of thing. That's what a turntable is. Uh, the Sugar Hill Gang, we talked about them with Rapper's Delight. Um, that was if I think we talked about that last week, too. I feel like this whole beginning is going to be kind of a review. So <laughs> right. bear with me, everybody. Um, but maybe you want to talk about Africa, though. Okay, so Africa. Yeah, Mabana. we're moving on. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to sit here and repeat myself if no, I don't push cool. myself so forward. No, it's cool. So very <laughs> important people. You know, it's like one of those things where you look back at like these innovations that these people have come up with: DJ Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash and Sugar Hill Gang. You know, especially those first two of like extending the break and learning how to use turntables. You're like, well, man, that's just like some really basic stuff. But that really sets the tone for what this genre is to become. You know, it's like building the foundation. And African Bambata, uh, a huge artist in his own right. I think what's important about African Bambata in this uh, whole genre of music is he's kind of like this historian of hip-hop music and kind of sets the tone for um, what what hip-hop is supposed to be. You know, he takes it more than just... Um, that's what I'm looking for, more than just music, and kind of makes it a cultural movement. And he gives a voice to a lot of this. He's and, a real student of hip-hop. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's really studying what is hip-hop, what all goes into it, but then he turns around and becomes a professor of hip-hop and kind of tells people about that information. He's very thoughtful in his approach to this style, and, and I, I like how you said historian, because I think that's what he... I think that's maybe one of his biggest contributions is he's he's really noting what trends are happening and how they all intertwine. Yeah, he he's like a, he's like a college. I love the way you said college professor. I said college, but professor. So when you like learn stuff in high school, some of you have not experienced this yet. Others of you have hopefully have gone through some higher education. When you get to college, uh, I studied with the guy. Uh, Dr. David Harnish. He was an ethnomusicologist. He studied Indonesian music. And you get to a point where he like plays this music and he's like an amazing, uh, he didn't invent this music at all. So this is where it kind of falls apart. But he's an amazing uh, instrumental music for Indonesian music. So gamelans and all that. But where he is different than like a performer or he's different than even us is just, uh, I hate to say this, but like regular teachers, quote unquote, you know, like when I wrote a paper about Indonesian music in a textbook that was about music, I cited him in his class. You know, so like he has this – he's studied it like you said. He he can like – he's it's like one of those things he's forgotten more than you'll ever learn about this topic. You know, so that is, that is Africa Bambada. I mean he is uh, 
huge in black culture. Uh, the Black Liberation Movement, which is um, uh, civil rights, just a different kind of flavor of that. And that's probably uh, hopefully not an offensive way to say it. But there's when you talk about like black liberation and black culture, there's a lot of different um, uh, kind of approaches, approaches and movements towards that. Uh, and so he is kind of this icon in in the, his little section of it. <laughs> Does he have any written literature that he's done? Like he's written stuff, hasn't he? You know. I'm gonna look here. I'm gonna look. Because I was trying to think about that. I I I couldn't remember if he did or not. Uh, I'm sure he has. Uh, let's see. Okay. No, lots of music. <laughs> lots of music. Um, he, I think he'd be an interesting person if you were, especially at the collegiate level, and taking a class on hip hop. I think he would be the best professor. Well, here you go. He, uh, in 2012, uh, Africa Bambada was given a three-year appointment as a visiting scholar at Cornell University. The appointment was made in collaboration between Cornell University Library's hip hop collection, the largest collection of historical hip hop music in America. North America, and the university's Department of Music. His archives, including his vinyl collection, original audio and video recordings, manuscripts, books, and papers are arrived at Cornell University Hip Hop Collection in December 2013. So, yeah. So just further proof then that he is in fact a hip hop scholar. Right. There's there's people that will like study. So like the guy I was talking about earlier, Dr. David Harnish, there are people that will study it and uh, understand it kind of from like an outsider perspective. You know, he's he's a white guy going to Indonesia to study music, right? And then there are other people who grow up in the movement and shape the movement and like are intricately com- uh, intertwined with the movement uh, who might not have like studied it necessarily but are influential. That's kind of where uh, Africa Bambada is. His real name is Lance Taylor, by the way, <laughs> in case you were curious. Um, so... There you go. He's a huge, huge, huge uh, person in the hip-hop movement. Not just for his music, which he was uh, a huge contributor in that realm, but also in the culture of hip-hop. So, all right. That was pretty good. We should have just done an Africa Mbada episode. So, we've talked about Africa Mbada. It's important to kind of mention Run DMC. And... When I think early hip-hop, this is who I picture. This is a personal thing, maybe. They're one of the first, like, rap groups I ever saw. And they're one of the first groups to combine rock with rap. And I think that's... I mean, they're notable for many reasons, but that's always one that I think about. Um, They're a three-person group, and um, they their style... When they started, they, they're the ones that had the Adidas and the chains and the fedoras and all that fun stuff. <laughs> uh, so I always think of their fashion, too. Um, but again, I guess I got to go back that they're they're really known for doing the rock and rap thing. And if you're familiar with them you, or you're familiar with rock and roll, you've probably heard the song Rock This Way. And that was when they joined up with the band Aerosmith. You've not seen this. This video is killer, man. It's so ridiculous and awesome. So I definitely think everybody should go check it. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Um, They do a little rock. They do a little rap. And this influence carries on into hip-hop. And one of the groups they kind of influence is the Beastie Boys. So I kind of lump these two together when I kind of teach it and talk about them because they have very 
similar flavors. The Beastie Boys wanted to be Run DMC in a lot of ways. And they ended up kind of doing that because they signed, um, oh my goodness, the record label. My brain just went, you know, Rev Run, Russ Simmons, uh, the record label. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my brain just shut down. Um, Oh my goodness. Def Jam? Def Jam. Def Jam. Def Jam. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, Apparently I haven't had enough coffee. Um, Anyway, (laughs) but yeah, so they were kind of under the same record label. um, And so they influenced each other. But the interesting thing about the Beastie Boys is they're kind of the first all-white rap group. So they started with this like rock and then they kind of go into rap. Um, So the Beastie Boys get an honorable mention in Early Important Artists. But it's important to mention, too, that the Beastie Boys are strongly influenced, at least in the early days, by Run DMC. Beautifully said. Yeah. Thank you. Too bad I forgot half of what I was saying there. That's, <laughs> kids, it's the end of the year. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, okay. So I'll say this. I, I'm going to read it from their Wikipedia page, which uh, it just shows you how influential they are. Run DMC's swift ascension to the forefront of rap with a new sound and style meant that old school hip hop artists were becoming outdated. Along with pushing rap into a new direction musically, Run DMC changed the entire aesthetic of hip hop music and culture. Old school rappers like Africa Bambata and Melly Mel of Grandmaster, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five tended to dress in the flashy attire that was commonly attributed to glam rock and disco acts of that era. Tight leather, chest-bearing shirts, gloves and hats with rhinestones and spikes, leather boots, etc. Run DMC discarded the more glam aspects of early hip-hop fashion, which were later readopted in 1990 by more pop rappers like MC Hammer and Middle Ice, and incorporated a more street sense of style such as uh, Congo hats, I hope I said that right, leather jackets, and unlaced Adidas shoes. So there you go. I mean, the Adidas shoes. Those Adidas shoes were everything. Yeah, the embrace of the look and style of the street would define the next 25 years of hip-hop fashion. So so you think like Run DMC is uh, – it's one thing we didn't say, talk about African Babata. If you look at like what he looks like, especially back in the early days of his career, uh, it looks pretty wild. Like it just is like very glamorous and, and kind of out there. But um, when you take like this group like the Run DMC who puts on clothes of the common people, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, you connect in a different way that people are like, oh, okay, they're kind of like me. And then once you kind of have that foothold in, then you can influence influence culture. You know, it's like you kind of have to look like them to in order to, to influence them. And that's in any aspect of culture, really. Like, there has to be enough of a connection. But, I mean, yeah, they were they were huge, huge. Did you know, here's a little bit, did you know Beastie Boys were originally a punk band? Did you know that? I did. And you know what? Trivia this, for this the day. Kind of certain, yeah, that is the trivia for the day. There, I was talking to my class a lot about this um, because, weirdly enough, the week we talked about this in class, like really focused in on this particular part of the lesson, yeah. um, the Beastie Boys had a documentary come out. Oh, I haven't and, watched it yet. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, I didn't know so much of their history. And, um... It's not flowery, and I would advise everybody that there are a lot of language (laughs) things that are adult content, so keep that in mind. It is on Apple Plus, and I know people aren't really using that medium a ton. But if you have it, um, I got, side note, I got like a free trial for a year. So I was like, yep, I'll take that. Um, So that's how I have it. But um, I watched that documentary, and it was just 
so interesting to hear the Beastie Boys career from their perspective, because when they start out, they're just party boys. You know, yeah. when they did License to Ill, it was it was just, you know, all the party stuff. And it was kind of that traditional, uh, or not traditional, the the old, uh, they got worked too hard, they got run down, they didn't want to be the party boys anymore, and they actually have a falling out with Def Jam, you know, later and, you know, not too long, and then they finally start going into their their own and coming into their own, figuring out what they want to do, but... Um, if, if you're at all interested in the Beastie Boys and have access, I, I do recommend watching that documentary. It's just the two of them. Well, as you know, there were three. And, of course, one of them is tragically not with us anymore. But um, just two of them on stage talking about their life. So, yeah, check that out. And you'll see a lot of where they praise D, Run DMC for their contributions and getting tied in with them. And then they kind of break off and do their own thing. So you're right. They did start out, you know, more in the punk genre. And then they just kind of evolved. They were experimental, hardcore punk, the young Aborigines. But here's another little trivia. Uh, Run DMC was the second rap group, second hip-hop group, to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, second. And the third group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame were the Beastie Boys as a hip-hop group. Man, they really do just follow each other, don't they? So wait, so Run DMC was the second one? And Beastie was third? Who's the first? The first, let's see. That wouldn't be Sugar Hill Gang, would it? I oh, think maybe. I'm grossly underestimating that, but... Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five became the oh, first. Oh, duh. Yes, of course. Yeah. That's the right answer. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's the right answer, but I mean, yeah, of course that makes more sense. So once you said it, I was like, well, duh. Yeah, Grandmaster Flash should be in there. Yeah. Is DJ Cool Herc in there? Mm, I don't know. I don't I know. I wonder if he is. We should have done more research, kids. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. There, are, okay. there are only six hip hop acts have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There are okay. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, N.W.A., and Tupac Shakur. Biggie's not in there. I guess not. Now that to me is interesting. And I'm I guess gonna, we'll talk about it a little bit here in a minute. Here's, but here's what I think. We're going to jump to it a little bit. I think that. Do it. I think that's because, uh, you know, if you look at here, you have Tupac, uh, Public Enemy, and N.W.A. are all West Coast rappers. Very, oh yeah, like you know, strong you have, West Coast have, rappers. We have groups, and then we have an individual, right? It's a little bit surprising that Biggie's not there, but I don't think. Um, I'm gonna get chased down for this. Biggie's an amazing rapper. I don't know if he is East Coast defining as like an all. Like, he is East Coast hip-hop, where Tupac, I could say, is West Coast. I think there's there's more people to choose from on the East side than there are from the West. So you have to cut it off somewhere, and perhaps Biggie did not make it into the... I can see that argument, but who from the East Coast then... I mean, I know there's a lot, but are you are you just thinking, because I know this is pre-the war that we'll talk about, you know, the East Coast-West Coast war, but Run DMC and Beastie Boys are very New York. Yeah. So Grandmaster that, Flash you, and the Furious Five. Right. Yeah. yeah. So is do you think that that's covering the East Coast sort think, of then? I think it's when East Coast was coming up into its own, that's who identified it. When West Coast was coming up into its own, I think the the three groups that are in there, Public Enemy, NWA and Tupac, all defined it. So it's not that he wasn't popular or important, it's that when these 
subgenres or these genres of hip hop were being defined, that's who was there doing it. So Biggie doesn't define, he didn't mold and create the East Coast sound like Tupac had more of a hand in doing in the West Coast. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It just, it struck me odd. I think as somebody who listens to hip hop and thinks about and grew up during the East Coast, West Coast war, I kind of look, and I'm not sure I'm going to say this exactly right, but Tupac and Biggie are um, on the same sides of a balance here. You know, I feel like if you're going to talk about one, you talk about the other. And mostly that's probably, unfortunately, just because of their deaths and how we kind of know about their deaths, what we do know. And so I always think if you're, it's more like fair and equal time. If you're going to talk about Tupac for 50 seconds, you should probably talk about Biggie for 50 seconds. And I think it's just because of their, their involvement in the East-West battle and their death. So when you first said that, I think it was just the, the uh, equality of my brain trying to be like, well, if one's there, why isn't the other? <laughs> but when you, when you talk about it that way, it makes a lot of sense. They exist yeah. in the same time frame as each other, but they don't exist in the same time frame in their respective genres of hip hop. And I think that's where like the rock and roll hall of fame, I think that's what they're looking at, at least, especially including a genre that is not, uh, you know, rock and roll, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the rock and roll hall of fame, but um, but see, so. the Beastie Boys, well, and Run, Run DMC too, of course, like they very much seem rock and roll because they actually blend that sound in there too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're they're no brainers for me. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that there's there's other artists who are getting some honor some some mentions like Grandmaster Flash. You you don't have this without him, right? You, I mean, really, you don't. You just don't. So I'm glad that he's in there. And who else? You say NWA and. And Public Enemy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Good to know that stuff. There's our side tangent. So. Yeah, for now, we'll probably come up with another in a minute. Well, let's go through Let's go through these. Right. So we did talk about earlier, I said there's not very many genres of hip-hop. But there are genres or there are different like sub-movements inside of it. And when I say – like when I'm talking about like, defining genres, you can go and listen to only – like I mean, rock—the subgenre is so big that there are subgenres inside subgenres. Like you have, so you have indie rock, for example, right? So you have rock and roll, you have indie rock, and inside indie rock, you have like shoegaze indie rock, you know, or like folk indie rock. So it's it's more uh, hip hop is more linear than some of these other ones, but that doesn't mean that there are not particular camps inside the hip hop genre. So. The first one I want to talk about uh, is called Crunk, uh, very southern style. So we have East Coast, very definitive sound. We have West Coast, very definitive sound. And then we have like an Atlanta sound, very southern style hip-hop, a little bit more laid back. Atlanta is almost its own thing. The music that comes out of Atlanta is you know it very much by listening <laughs> yeah. to it. Yeah. And we say southern style – but when I think crunk, I only think Atlanta. You know, it's so specific to that area. But okay. yes, I mean, anyway. yeah, it's like saying East Coast. You really mean like New York City, right? And then West Coast is is L.A. But you, I mean, Atlanta. It's just it's a it's a. 
don't know. I would be curious to do some research on it. But it's like a combination of like that the speed of life, but also like the speaking style of uh, down there. But crunk is is uh, crunk is in your face. <laughs> crunk is like uh, turn up. You know, like it is a loud, in your face party style of hip hop. So it's generally a good time. It is generally a good time. You you know to get crunk is to get drunk right back mm-hmm. in the day. Right. But uh most notable in this whole genre is Lil John. Now some of these real, there's only like a few that are like popular in this genre because there's either a one hit wonder or you like are the only game in town kind of thing. So mm-hmm. Lil John is like if you want to be popular in this style of music, you have to work with Lil John. Whether he's featured on your track or he's putting out his own stuff, this is the man that right. defines crunk. Yeah, for sure. Even when you see him, he looks the part. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, because yep. Atlanta has a little bit of a look too, right? Yeah, for sure. Flashy. They usually have grills. Um, still, the chains. I, I, what is you know? They're that come from I don't know, Run DMC. You know, the big chains. You still see in those in the crunk yep. a lot. Um, so it's it's um, it's not subtle. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Crunk is not subtle. <laughs> It is, yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's not a subtle style of music. No. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the next one. Go for it. All right. So obviously we talked about this a few minutes ago, but just a little bit more in depth. Gangster rap is certainly a, a subgenre of this hip-hop culture. Um, some characteristics, lots of bass. This is the trunk rattling stuff, right? So if you get in <laughs> that image of this old car cruising down the road and that trunk's just going up and down... Um, you're going to see that in gangster rap. And then, of course, this is the one with, you know, in terms of the lyrics and the language, it's it's not flowery. It's not light. Um, it's very rough. Um, you're going to hear a lot of vulgarity. You're going to hear a lot of swear words. Um, you're going to hear talking about violence, uh, misogyny. You know, that it's not particularly flattering on women. Generally, um, you're going to probably hear about drug use, alcohol, you know, the whole nine. So this is... This is definitely a, a an adult version of hip hop. You <laughs> it's know, not you're for not your gonna, church group. <laughs> it's not for your church group, for sure not. Um, uh, so this is where you know we get into the East Coast West Coast. Um, you know the 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 gang that was happening on each side of the country, and um, the notable musicians here: Dr. Dre, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Uh, Snoop Dogg, you definitely can't have this without Snoop. Ice Cube. And then, of course, Tupac and Biggie, who we lost tragically, um, kind of due to this, I guess. Uh, you know, Tupac was a West Coast rapper, um, and then Biggie was a East Coast rapper, and both died, what were they, within a year or something of each other? Like, it wasn't even that long. Like a week. Like yeah, seven days. Like, yeah, it was seven days of each other. So, um, you know, again, this obviously showed the violent side of gangster rap, and, and the but the thing is, these folks that were... You know, it's just like a lot of other music. They're rapping about their life. They're rapping about what they were seeing, what their neighborhood was like. And so, um, you know, a lot of these folks were in or around gangs. So that's where you're hearing some of these more violent and, and you know, rough themes throughout gangster rap. That Because they're talking about their actual experience. All right. Well, to get away from the bad, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's and And I guess maybe I should say, too, you know. Gangster rap isn't bad. It's actually quite 
good. You just have to know what you're getting with it. You know, it's not something, it's just, it's just not happy, but it's a lot of the work, especially that these folks did that I mentioned, it's very thoughtful. You know, they're talking about what it is, even through all the not so good stuff, they're talking about real life and thoughtful and being, you know, presenting a different worldview. So I don't want anybody to come away from the podcast thinking that, you know, gangster rap is a bad thing. It's not. You just have to know what you're getting with it. You have to be aware of it as you're listening to it. So I guess I wanted to mention that. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, I think it's a good discussion to have that uh, music, uh, it's an expressive expression of, you know, your thoughts and your feelings. And it's not always good, moral, you know, amoral, immoral. I don't know. It's it's definitely like I said, you know, don't listen to around kids or uh don't, you know, go into your church group busting up some ice cube. <laughs> yeah, NWA is not the thing to to take to church choir. No. Um it's just not. Still good, but just know your audience, I guess. <laughs> the next style of hip hop is alternative hip hop, which is again breaking away from the mainstream idea of whatever that idea is so in this case it's hip-hop this is um there a lot of experimentation in this genre very different unique styles some some popular ones uh the roots and you probably know the roots uh, another name you might know is quest love and that might help you narrow it down even further they are the house band for jimmy fallon right now and so they were before they were that and in the midst of all that they are still uh this amazing hip-hop group that is just a very unique sound. Uh, you have to listen to them to really kind of understand what what that sound is and how it can be different. Another one here uh, is Del Funky Homo Sapien. I don't know if I know who Del the Funky Homo Sapien is. Who is that? He's just he's just one of the alternative artists, and he does a, a lot of different flavors in his music. Um, cool. I'll see if I can find a. Uh... Let's see if I can find a clip of him. It's a great name. The show notes. I know. Isn't that name the best? Another one I would put in there is uh, Kanye. Kanye West is, I would put in the alternative hip-hop category, another game changer. You know, he has his issues off of the stage or sometimes on the stage, you know. Uh, but he he really changes the way music is delivered, hip-hop is delivered especially. Uh, his vocal style, his rhyming scheme is all very interesting and unique even like uh drake can be sometimes put into the alternative hip-hop category i think but yeah i could see that i can see drake being in there yeah because his, his sound is just different yeah it is it's you can't really like narrow it down or whatever but you know let's let's talk about the next one i think this is a good category to talk about so i'll let you kick it off yeah so um I I kind of got into this one a little bit this year um, in our class, so that's why I was putting it in here. Um, you know, we had some extra time in our classes uh, this semester just because of everything. And um, something I was thinking about was the ladies. And, uh, you know, we don't... A lot of times in music, first of all, we don't get to talk about ladies too much, uh, particularly in music history, uh, especially if you were in our class first semester. Um there's not a ton of ladies, right? Like we just have a bunch of old dudes writing music. And as we get into this semester, we certainly talk about women and it's not that they're not there. But I think that in hip hop, I feel that ladies should get a, a little bit of an extra mention. Um, partly because, 
you know, we think of hip hop being a very male dominated uh, genre, but you know, we talk a lot, we've talked before about there's a lot of misogyny, particularly in early hip hop. And so for the women to come out and be powerhouses in this genre, despite one of the main characteristics of hip hop being that it's not always flattering to ladies, I think is definitely worth the mention. And so um, I did a little bit of study and, and, you know, just tried to get a little bit more perspective on um, some women in hip hop. And so I think that they deserve, they're not really a subgenre per se, right? Like we're talking about a group of people. So they're not really a subgenre, but I think they're people that deserve some mention. And the first person that I think deserves some mention is Queen Latifah. Um, weirdly enough, I just saw her on Jimmy Fallon the other night. Nice. Side note. Um, she kind of gets the title of first lady of hip hop. And she's she's one of these women that there, there kind of isn't anything she can't do. Um, and you'll notice this a lot with a lot of women. Queen Latifah can rap. She can sing. Um, if you've seen Chicago, um, she is, uh, oh, the mama in the jail, Mama Morton. And then um, she just recently was Ursula in the live version of The Little Mermaid. And so she can sing. She's got some pipes. But there's, you know, there's not much else. There's not many things she hasn't tried. She's an actress. Um, she even started in... Uh, on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, she had a small cameo back in the day. But she's she's known for acting on the sitcom Living Single. If if anybody remembers that show, I don't know the audience might be a little too young. <laughs> um, but she's done a little bit. She's she was even a narrator in in Sayonara Wild Hearts, a video game. So I mean, and and of course she's a mogul. She's a cover girl spokesman her, with a focus on cosmetics for women of color. Um, she's the first hip hop artist to ever earn a star on the Walk of Fame. So, I mean, we're talking about she kind of really deserves this queen title because, yeah. she, I mean, there really isn't much she hasn't done. <laughs> yeah, she is kind of the whole package. Um, we also have MC Light that's worth a mention. She's the first female rapper to have a full-length album. Um, so if you go back kind of in the history books, um, she's she um, I think her song, the song she's known for is called um, uh, Paper Thin. And so you could listen to that again, early style of hip hop. You can hear how she flows and, and how she works the microphone. But again, she's become a mogul too. Um, and a lot of these people have really, um, we'll talk about that more in a second, but a lot of people have kind of taken their hip hop and, um, evolved it into being a Jack of all trades kind of situation. Um, so we have MC light salt and Peppa and, I'm assuming at this point everybody knows who Salt and Peppa is, but if not, they did Push It and um, What a Man and Choop. They did those songs. But I want to say this because this happened. This I do this a lot. Salt and Peppa is not a duo. Let me let me say this. Technically, Salt and Peppa is a trio with Salt Peppa and then DJ Spinderella. She's the person back there who's on the turntables. So not only do we have women rappers and women R&B artists, but we have a woman who's on the turntables. So that's pretty noteworthy. Uh, we have TLC, uh, best-selling girl group maybe ever. Um, they did Waterfalls. They did uh, Red Light Special. My brain is not working. Uh, what about your friends, which I have put in the show notes. And then finally, I, I uh, mentioned Missy Elliott. Um, she's a personal fave for me. Um, she's one of the best-selling female rappers ever. The way this woman rhymes just blows my mind every time I listen to her. Um, 
And I think with Missy Elliott, one of the most important things is you got to talk about her videos. She's very visual. And so if you ever go on YouTube and look up her videos, especially her early stuff, uh, Gossip Folks, um, Get Your Freak On, like any of those things, any of that stuff she did, like in the 90, late 90s, early 2000s, they're very visual. So there's a lot of dancing, lots of crazy makeup, lots of crazy outfits, and they're just very different from what maybe some of her other counterpoints were doing. So uh, Missy Elliott gets top credits here in the ladies and hip hop uh, not subgenre, but group of people that I think deserve to be highlighted. And now I will take a breath because I get all excited when I talk about them. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's good to good to highlight other people inside a genre, especially when they don't get. I mean, they get a lot of love, but in the overall scheme of hip hop, you know, it's it's a very small percentage of you know female hip hop artists, uh, popular female hip hop artists today. Uh, I mean, the two that come to my mind right away is uh, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, like them or love them, but they, that's who's like, who's it today? Like, And they, you know, they feud, don't they? Don't the two of them have a feud or something? I think Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim or Lil' Kim and somebody else. So Lil' Kim's another, like, stopgap between these. Some, somebody feuds. Which I don't, you know, I can't keep track of everything. I know. There seems to be a lot of feuds. But I think both of those women, they they have their own style and they're, they do what they do, you know. So um, both worth mentioning, I think, especially when you're talking about rap, because I think they're probably the two, not, and not just because they're women, but I think they're two of the biggest players in the game right now. Yeah, you're right. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, apparently uh, it was a fake feud or something, but... I really Stop like fighting friends. I know. I really like uh Nicki Minaj's style personally. I don't know about her lyrics, <laughs> but I like yeah. her I like her delivery. Her delivery is very unique and uh she just you got to That's what's kind of cool about hip hop is you can you can rap just like regular rapping uh but you can also develop a very unique voice in in this field. Uh, you think of like Busta Rhymes, who's known for just being insanely fast. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I yeah. left him off this list somewhere. Go listen to Busta Rhymes. He is, oh my gosh. And I, I would actually say Ludacris should probably be on a list too. Yeah, Ludacris is up Luda there. I think should get more love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who else? Nicki Minaj is very like a, a, an aggressive style. Uh, then you have people like Eminem who rhyme inside alliteration they have rhyming inside of their rhymes which is a unique style too also a very fast rapper um just very unique styles of of hip-hop so now we're going to talk about people in the hip-hop music world that aren't necessarily musicians uh but they're most notably for known for working with artists so uh hip-hop is a unique genre where you can be a beat creator or a producer and be just as famous as the person who performs. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, before we talk about these people, like uh, Timbaland is an example. He's on a couple of songs of like performing, but mostly uh, a beat maker and a producer, uh, DJ Khaled, right? I mean, you know his songs because he just yells his name in the middle of it, but that's like his signature (laughs) style. DJ Khaled, right? But That's not not untrue. It's not untrue, but he's a producer. You know, he's not really like, he's not known for his, uh, delivery of words he's known for. So it's kind of like 
it's kind of like uh, being a lead guitarist that plays in a bunch of different bands, you know, um, yeah. that is just as popular. So some of these people in here, uh, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin, I put these two, I said these two together because they, they're co-creators and co-founders of Def Jam Records. So uh, hip-hop, instead of really latching on to a lot of the popular record labels that were out there already, and I don't know the history behind that, and I'm guessing probably just a lot, they wanted their own control of their style of music, creates their own uh, record label called Def Jam Records. Russell Simmons is a, is a true mogul. You know, he he had his own show, I'm pretty sure, right? Um, uh, I think so. Yeah. I know Rod, Rev Ron did. Yep. Uh, I know that for Rush sure. Communications founder. Rick Rubin's also a producer. And then uh, Dr. Dre is a rapper, but he also probably more famous and more influential in the world of hip hop as being a producer. Uh, and the person who found Eminem. And the person who found Eminem and gave him a chance, right? Uh, yes. Co-owner of Death Row Records and now CEO and founder of Aftermath Entertainment. But again, Dr. Dre, influential rapper, I would argue, and I don't think many people would disagree, even, even more influential producer. And so a producer, if you don't know, in in producing movies or whatever, you like have a say in the creative process. You kind of have a vision of where you want a song or movie to end up. Like an artist comes and says, I have this demo or I have this rough track. What do you think? And a producer, they're all different flavors of producers, will help develop that vision and then give creative feedback and push you into a direction to make a finished product. Producers in hip hop do that, but they also really work with uh, finding the right beats for that style of music that you're, or your rhymes or whatever, presenting stuff to people, tweaking it, and just creating new stuff. So it's a very interesting role, the producer in hip hop, but, um, you know they can they can make or break you, and once they learn your style, they'll they'll select the right tracks for you. We call them beats. A lot of people call like the drums all that beats, but the the underlying music for the most part in hip hop is a beat. So that's what they're all known for. And and you just it's one of those deals that because the producer works so closely with the artist, they they're worth mentioning as an important person just because. You know, the artist is controlling the flow and stuff, but the producer has so much creative control over, I don't want to say over an artist, but definitely when they're um, working on albums and stuff, they're adding some flavor to it. So it's not like they're just somebody sitting behind a desk and a pencil pusher. They're so so actively involved in this genre that they're worth mentioning. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to say it, because there are different... In rock music, pop music, there's different producers and recording engineers and all that. Like, if you want a specific sound, you'll find somebody who produced so-and-so's record. Like, you know, I think it was the Foo Fighters, when they're looking for a particular sound, they drove all night to go to a particular studio with a particular producer, right? Uh, or Nirvana, sorry. Uh, but then you'll circle back around because you like that person. Hip-hop, very much. If you want a very specific sound, more so like Dafty said in any other genre, you're going to go find a specific producer to work with them to get, like Lil John is a producer. I mean, he is like known for crunk music, but he is a crunk producer. If you want that element of music, you're going to go to him. You're not going to go to Lil John and ask for like Drake-style music, right? You're going to go to Lil John and you're going to get... Uh, Peace up, a town down, right? You know, so uh, you're you're so they're so influential in hip hop, more so or more upfront than any other genre. That was that was well stated. Okay, there's a lot of hip hop. I love hip hop. It's such a cool style of music, man. And we still have only 
scratched the very tippy top. Well, and just think about this. We went through this whole thing and we never really talked about Eminem. <laughs> right. You know? you know? And so my, I don't say that to slight Eminem. That could be its own show. But that just shows you how many people are out there that are important because that's certainly not to say M is not important. He's right. he's pretty important, but we wanted to talk about some of these other people that either maybe you didn't know about or didn't know what roles they really had. So keep that in mind. We did really just scratch the surface. It is. And, and for being so hip hop is cool. And I encourage you all who listen to go give it a try. Like we, every other episode, but it's the history is so recent for the most part of the genre of music of hip hop that you can, it's very well documented. So there's you can learn a lot just by internet searching. <laughs> so all right. Well, that's all we have for today for this second edition of Hip Hop. Uh you can listen to us and subscribe to our podcast basically wherever you choose to listen to podcasts or subscribe to podcasts. Spotify is popular. Uh iTunes, we're on iTunes. Uh we use Overcast as we're very fond of that each for our podcast player. And if you liked it and you enjoyed it, of course, please don't be afraid to give us a good rating just because that that makes us feel good. And you want to make us feel good, right? But really, we want to know. Especially make us feel good when we're going into finals. Yeah, yeah. And we want to know. (laughs) This is so bribery. Right. And we just want to know if, like, it's it's good content and you enjoy it because we don't want to be bad at what we do. You can find us uh, on Twitter at OHVAMusic. Uh, each teacher has their own contact information in their classes if you're a student of ours. I am on Twitter myself personally, at Jeremy P. England. And then uh, our website, ohvamusic.com, will redirect you to our Anchor website where you can leave comments and you can uh, leave voice messages and listen to all of our past episodes there as well. Check out the show notes for any of the cool information. And with that, go and get... I was going to say go get your freak on, but that's probably not appropriate. Go listen to to some hip-hop. Have a good day. (laughs) Yes. Bye, everybody.